The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Gardening, ham radio, and getting ready for World War III. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Well, I welcome everyone today. Thank you for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. Well, I tell you, I've had an interesting week and a half. And sometimes life comes up and slaps you around a little bit. And you got to either learn how to take the lumps or smack back or heaven forbid, give up. But of course, give up is not in my vocabulary. But before I get started on the show, I just wanted to tell everybody that, yes, I'm getting around okay and I'm, I'm fine. But something happened in the night. I don't know what. About two weeks ago, I went to bed just fine. And I woke up and was still fine. And I went to stand up and I, and I couldn't put any weight on my right ankle. I mean zero weight. I couldn't bear any weight at all. It felt like my ankle was severely sprained. And that lasted for a couple of days, and then I decided my bone was broken. Because, believe me, I know all about broken bones, and that was definitely a bone pain. But in the meantime, it was below zero out, and I had cows to feed. 
and I had four days that I could barely walk, and those were the hardest days out there, feeding them little bales. Bales weigh about 60 pounds. And when you can't put any weight on one of your legs, and you got to feed cows with 60-pound bales of hay, life gets really interesting really fast. Don't ask me how I managed, but I did. But my biggest complaint was it was below zero with wind chill, and I had to be outside for so long because it took me so long for each bale that I was getting frostbite before I got back to the house, and I couldn't move fast to get back to the house, and after I was done, I was wishing I was back in the house, but I still had to hobble across the snow and ice to the house, and I still don't know what happened and I haven't been to a doctor, and that's going to be part of this show. I'm going to talk about doctor visits, and among other things. But then every day the pain started changing, and now I can walk pretty good. It still has a little dull ache, but I can get around. But after poking around on my ankle and trying to find out what the problem was, I either had a severe case of tendonitis in one of my tendons that holds my foot to my ankle, or else I'm starting to get arthritis in my ankle joint. And I hope it's the tendons. I really do, but I'm afraid it's probably arthritis. But I've got arthritis everywhere else, so I guess I might as well have it there. But anyway, I'm getting around real good. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm a tough old geezer. And so anyone out there that's worrying about my health well know that I can withstand about anything. And I am taking care of myself, but you know how it goes these days. Well, I'm going to start out by talking about gardening, but I'm going to have a whole wide range of topics today because I'm going to go through some letters and answer some questions and just give you a general feel of what's going on out there. And since it's officially spring, right here in central Nebraska anyway, and the reason I say officially spring is I don't look at a calendar. I don't watch the sun or the moon. I wait for the sandhill crane to come back. And when the sandhill crane come back, it's spring. They know something that we don't know. And three days ago, I was out hobbling around feeding cows, and I heard that glorious sound of Sandhill Crane. And a flock of about a hundred of them flew over me. And I've always considered the Sandhill Cranes my friends. Ever since a little boy, I've just loved those Sandhill Cranes. And so it's like an old friend coming home. And so my heart just leapt with joy. And I thought, I hope that they get out of here before anything bad happens. Because they've been migrating for thousands of years. And the evil that is all around us, that mankind is spreading around through the help of Satan, is really going to endanger the lives and the health of all of our friends in nature. And these animals don't have any concept of world war or power struggles or, or any of these things. They just live their lives and do what they do. And I really appreciate nature, and I am just in awe of God's creation. Well, I said I was going to talk about gardening, and so that's where I'm going to start off. It's time to start turning your ground. Now, I know that some listeners farther north, their ground is still pretty well frozen, as it is here. I don't think you could go probably more than two inches deep here without hitting frost. But you need to do what you can do where you're at. Because the more you get that soil worked up, the warmer it's going to get. The more you work up your soil, the faster it's going to get warm. And I think that this year, we're going to have to go for every day that we can get of warm soil. 
Because if we do have some nuclear events happening, we're likely to have an early winter, as in a nuclear winter. And I'm so sick of looking out and seeing white skies. They're trying to block out the sun. And one of the reasons they're trying to block out the sun is they don't want us to grow our own food. And one of the reasons they're killing all the small animals is they don't want us to hunt. And I know you might think I sound like a crackpot. But I tell you what, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and swims like a duck and smells like a duck, it's a duck. And I have way too much evidence here to prove to me otherwise that there isn't something horribly nefarious going against God's creation right now. And I think this evil will stop at nothing to destroy all of God's creation, including mankind. And I really do hope that I live long enough to see honest-to-God good times again, to where we don't have this evil hanging over us. And so I'm making that a goal in life, is I'm going to hang around as long as I can, and I'm going to do my best to try to bring some good times back. And I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I am very determined, and I am very willing to do my part. But with that said, I think you need to get your soil turned. You need to start mixing some compost into your soil if you can, and get your soil prepared to where it'll get as warm as possible as fast as possible. Now, I'm not saying to plant early because a frost will come and wipe you out. But I do believe if you get some extra degrees of heat in your soil, that that's going to go a long way later on in case we do have some kind of a nuclear event that will send all sorts of things into the atmosphere. But as I'm doing this show right now, I'm looking over my shoulder at the most ugly white sky you've ever seen pure white. And I pointed that out to a person the other day. I was at the hardware store buying some clamps, and there was a guy talking about just world situation. And I asked him if he liked the white skies. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, look out there. When's the last time you saw a clear, clean blue sky for a whole day? When's the last time you saw it? He goes, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with the sky, I don't think. I said, well, look at it. It's white. And he looked at it and grunted, and then walked out. And I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know whether he thought I was crazy or what. I don't know if he didn't believe his eyes. And that's part of this psychological operation is they don't want us to believe our own senses. They don't want us to believe our eyes or our ears. They tell us a lie, then we call them out on it, and then they say, I never said that. And then it's forgotten. And it's just horrible what's going on. But I hope that you have all of your seeds. I hope your seeds are all non-GMO. And I hope that your seeds are heirloom seeds. And you really need to protect your gardens this year. This year is going to be an extremely important year for gardening. Now, I said that last year. And I had disaster after disaster. And my garden ended up being just nothing but a disaster. And I plan on planting a garden again this year. But it's not going to be near as big as last year's. Because when the drought came through, I just couldn't keep up watering things, and it just broke my heart to watch all of my hard work just dry up. And so I'm going to make a much smaller place that I can really take care of easily. And then if I do that, it'll probably rain, but we need the rain. We need to have some normalcy back into our weather patterns. And yes, I think it is man-made weather change, but it's not you and your lawnmower. It's these evil scientists and their chemtrails and their stupid jet planes that are flying around and are spraying everybody. But again, that's another topic. Getting back to the gardening. 
Make sure that you have all the garden tools you need. Make sure that you're totally outfitted up from now until canning. I really do think you need to get your canning supplies and everything that you're going to need to preserve what you're going to grow. And also, get some extra canning supplies so you can can a little extra. Do everything you can to produce food this year. Because, again, this evil that's out there is doing everything that it can to keep food off our tables. So I don't care if you just buy one tomato plant and just get some tomatoes. At least do something. If all of us became producers, then we could thumb our nose at these New World Order people that are trying to kill us. Make sure that you have all the garden hose you need and all the rakes and hose and everything you're going to need. And I would stay away from commercial everything. Now, that's just me. I know a lot of people like commercial fertilizers, and they like to have commercial herbicides and pesticides and so forth. But I'm going to give you my opinion of growing with chemicals or growing without. If you grow with commercial fertilizer and commercial pesticide and commercial weed control, as far as chemical weed control, if you use that, you will have a prettier garden. And you'll probably get more produce out of your garden. That, I don't think, is very debatable. But where I stand on going natural is that if you do everything natural and use your head and your own ingenuity to produce the best crop you can, then when all these other people that are using everything commercial, when that commercial product is no longer available, they will not know what to do. And you will, if you use composting and you do everything in your power to keep your soil in tip-top shape naturally. You can do things to lure beneficial insects to your gardens. Make sure you have an environment that's really healthy for earthworms. And work with nature. Work with what God gave us naturally. And maybe you'll get a few pounds less of produce at the end of the season. But you'll have another season to where you'll know exactly what to do. You won't have to depend on some company to create a product for you to buy so you can have a garden. I guess it's kind of related to that old saying that says, slow and steady wins the race. I really think if you keep things steady and you know your operation, even if you're not operating maybe like someone else would want you to, well, that's just fine. Do what you do and do what you do as well as you can. And at least it'll be consistent from year to year. And so you'll know exactly how to make your plans. Now, I do that with my hay. I don't use any fertilizer at all on my hay except natural barn manure. And I haven't put any of that on in several years. And I know my neighbors, a lot of them get a lot bigger hay crops than I do. But I also know how much money they're spending. And they have to have these great big commercial fertilizer spreaders that come out and They're just monsters. And if your ground's a little soft, they'll leave ruts on your ground and so forth and so on. And I think if you subtract all of the hassle and all the expense of putting on the commercial fertilizer, I think you'll find that not putting on the fertilizer and not getting the yield is probably going to make as much money. It's probably going to be in the ballpark anyway because you're spending so much money on fertilizer right now. But if you can learn to be self-sufficient with your gardening and get better at it as you can, then you're going to be so much better off in the long run. 
and I'm going to go on a rabbit trail here for a second. On all of my computer programs, I use old programs, programs that are no longer updated. That way I don't have to worry about someone in some office somewhere updating the software to where I have to do the same update. And then that ends up making me change how I do my operation as far as using that software because they've changed the buttons or they changed some functions. They say they've made it better, but they made it so much different. Everyone's run into that. And so I'm using older programs that are no longer supported, but they're extremely stable. As a matter of fact, I produce this show entirely on obsolete programs that are no longer supported. But they work really well, they're nice and clean, they're easy to operate, and they never change. And I think you need to do other things in your life that fit that mold. And gardening happens to be one of them. Find out how to do an organic garden and grow everything naturally. Find out what works for you and put together your own protocols and your own plans and your own methods of doing things. And in the long run, you're going to be much better off. But anyway, get out in that garden. Get that ground turned. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on veteranbrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to veteranbrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there, and on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show, and I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at veteranbrigades.com. I'm going to turn my attention to some letters that I've received. And I'm not going to name any names because I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. But I received a very wonderful letter from a ham operator that happens to help support this show. And I really do appreciate it. And I hope he's listening. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. You'll never know how much your support means to this program. But it means a whole bunch. And I really appreciate it. And he happens to be a ham operator, and he wanted to thank me for mentioning the ham radio. And what I said about the ham radio, I really meant, and I really think that ham radio is going to be where we're going to have to turn for our communications. I really do believe that. And I haven't had any contact with any ham operators to have that opinion. It's just that I've been around ham operators before, and they are a really good breed of people. They're people that love their hobby, but they also are willing to turn that hobby into something that's very critical. And so a lot of these guys spend that extra money to buy that extra gear, maybe to push their signal out a little bit stronger. And it's not necessarily for them. It's for their ability to communicate if there ever was a need. And so in a world of everything's government handouts, and it seems like everyone's trying to beat someone else out of a dollar, you have your ham operators that are investing their own time and their own money 
to get as good as they can, to reach out as far as they can, to be as helpful as they can, and they don't get any assistance at all. They do that out of their own pocket and out of the goodness of their heart. But this letter stated that the ham operators are talking about an EMP attack, and he was appreciative that I talked about the possibility of an EMP happening. And I mentioned that the ham operators would be the ones that would find their way to get back on the air, but ham operators seem to be very resilient and very stubborn, and you're not going to knock them off the air if they don't want to be off the air. They're going to find a way to get back on the air. And so again, I'm going to make a plea to anyone that ever has considered being a ham operator. Now is the time. Find someone who is a ham operator, and they'll lead you through all the steps that it's going to take for you to get your license and get everything set up. Because I'm not a ham operator. I know some of the protocols, and I know some of the, the specifications you have to go through. But, but find someone who's active and join a ham operator club or some sort of organization. And if we never do have a disaster, that's still okay because ham radio happens to be a great hobby. And so I don't think you can lose by getting into ham radio. But I was very heartened to hear from my listener that said that, yes, they are already talking about what they're going to do in case of an EMP attack. And so I was right. The ham operators are on the ball and they're preparing. They're getting prepped for all sorts of emergencies. And so I have to say, God bless our ham operators. Keep up the great work because I know that if push comes to shove and you have to be pushed onto the front lines of communication, I know exactly what you guys are going to do. And I'm going to thank you in advance for being so dedicated. And the letter also went on to talk about my helping Bob Bierman with Truth to Ponder. And all I have to say about that is Bob is a wonderful man, and I will help him every chance I get. Because I really do believe that Bob Bierman is on a mission from God, as we all are. But I think Bob Bierman has what it takes to stick around for a long time as far as being on the radio. I've never met anyone in my life that has the knowledge of the inner workings of radio as Bob Bierman. And I'm talking everything from the transmitters and the towers on up through station management, what have you. And so it's always a pleasure for me to sit in for Bob Bierman, and I'm glad you enjoy my efforts. So all I can say is keep listening to Truth to Ponder as well as listening to my show, and I appreciate that very much. And I got a nice letter from my friends that I'm not going to say who they are or where they live, but I did get the article on Mother Earth News. I will go that far. Very interesting article, and I had to laugh because that's kind of my daily existence living with old farm machinery. The equipment I use is so old that I can't tell you how many times people have stopped with their cell phone and recorded me out in the hayfield working with my old machinery. And I ran into someone last summer, and they said, oh, yeah, you're the guy that has all the antiques. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, we think that's really cool. And they said, how did you get that idea to use old equipment? I said, well, I've been using this equipment ever since I was 10 years old, a lot of it. So I guess I just never got the idea to upgrade. And my hay baler, I'm proud to say, turns 76 years old this year. Yes, I'm out baling hay with a 76-year-old hay baler. 
and people will say, oh, that'll never work. Well, I've got to say that it's hit every season since 1947. And how many pieces of machinery can say they've hit every season since 1947, and they're still functioning? So to those that say it'll never work, all I have to say is, you're dead wrong. If I take care of this baler, it'll last another 76 years. They used to build things that didn't have built-in obsolescence. They used to build things with pride, with good metal, with a good design, with the express purpose that when you bought that, you were going to make a living with that machine, and that machine better hold up, whereas now they make everything to sell. And so I don't mind people kidding me on my old equipment. And that hay baler is one of my newer pieces of hay machinery, by the way. Let's see, my... My hay rake that I use all the time turns 98 years old. Yeah, you heard right, 98. So I'm one of them old codgers that goes out with the old machinery, and I make it work. I make it work for me very well. And my cows don't care if my hay was raked up with something that's 98 years old or something that's brand new. They don't care. And everything comes down to quality. Am I harvesting a quality product? And the answer is yes. And that's all I need to say about that. But thanks for the article on Mother Earth News. I appreciate it. And I also agree with your letter you sent that everything seems to be taking a back seat right now as far as trying to find out things on the COVID and people dying suddenly and all these things because people are scared for tomorrow. And I do understand that. But I have to say this right now, though. All of this World War III thing that I do think is going to happen, all of it is to cover up the largest genocide in the history of mankind was the COVID-19 death jab, is a crime against humanity. And these people need to have a cover. And it needs to be really big. It needs to be so big that it'll never really get looked at. And what better way to cover things up than to destroy all of the evidence? And a nuclear explosion will destroy a whole bunch of evidence, and a lot of people that got the death jab that are slowly dying, if they get vaporized by a nuclear bomb, then all the better for the bigwigs, because they want you dead anyway. They don't care if you die slow or die fast. And if you die fast and it covers their crime, oh, well, then they're in Fat City. And so I do understand your apprehension of looking at the world situation and then looking at the death rates and thinking, well, that's really not immaterial right now. We have to worry about the living. And I agree with you. But I'm also going to ask you to never, ever forget what these people have done with their death jab. And we need to not be so distracted that we don't keep some focus. But I do think that most of our focus has to go towards Europe. I really do believe from the bottom of my heart that we are just days away from such a disaster happening, and that would be declared war. But there again, that's what these evil people want. And I have to say that I'm no fan of Putin. I don't really know what he's done, but I'm really not a fan of his. But nor do I hate the man. I think that he's a man trying to protect his own country. And people say, yeah, well, he invaded another country. Well, 
and all I have to say to the people that just hold on to that mantra, that they're not digging deep enough. Dig deeper. Then you'll find out exactly why things are the way they are. And I'm going to recommend two different podcasts and broadcasts because it's not a competition, not with me. I want to help all the broadcasters I can. But ultimately, I want to help you, my listener. And I'm going to say there's two sources. If you want to find out what's happening in Ukraine and you want to hear it first, the two best sources, in my opinion, are Hal Turner with the Hal Turner Radio Show and also the Canadian Prepper. I think between those two sources, you are going to be miles ahead of people that are listening to alternative media, but you're going to be light years ahead of anyone that listens to the dinosaur media. And so I do recommend those two to keep up to date in what's happening in Ukraine. And I'm going to go back to this death jab with this COVID. If you want to really know what's happening with everything with this death jab, there's two people that I think you need to listen to. The first one is Stu Peters. Stu Peters is all over this thing, and he's not getting distracted because he understands that everything else they're doing is a distraction from the largest genocide in the history of mankind. And so Stu Peters is the man to go to. And also Mike Adams, the health ranger. I do realize that Mike Adams has his detractors, as does the others I've mentioned. But I do know that Mike Adams' heart is in the right place, and he's trying to look out for us. And those four you need to listen to. That's Hal Turner and the Canadian Prepper, and then also Stu Peters and Mike Adams. And of course, if you want to catch the news and also current events and social issues, from a pastor's point of view, there's nobody better than Bob Bierman. So I'm going to add him. So those five, I think those five you need to listen to. And other than Bob Bierman, I don't know any of these other people. But it's just that I'm a listener to these people, and I'm really impressed. So I thought I'd pass on that information. Well, well, on the other side of the break, I'm going to be talking more about prepping for World War III, because I think that's what's going to happen. And also, I'm going to be visiting some more letters. So stick around, and I'll be right back after this. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners, give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, 
I would ask that you consider donating to this show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail, check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea. Broadcasting from the Harmony Barn Studio near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. You're listening to the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show with Jim Calhoun. Welcome back to part two of the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show. This is your host, Jim Calhoun, thanking you for tuning in today. And I want to thank everyone for all of their very wonderful letters and also the ones that contributed. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And also that helps keep me going. Because on a day-to-day basis, I'm out here on the ranch all by myself, and all I have to talk to are animals. And while they know how to talk back to me in their own way, the conversations are very short. So I really do appreciate all the correspondence, and it also lets me know how to keep this show going and what direction. And I also want to mention the emails that I'm getting of people that are emailing me, and I also appreciate the people that email me as friends because there's an awful lot of good people out there, and I think now is the time for good people to stick together and good people to do what they can to try to right this ship that's sinking. I don't know whether we can or not, but we can at least try. 
Well, I forgot to mention the programs that I'm using, my computer programs, to produce this show. Because I think that anyone that wants to mess around with audio and you don't want to spend any money, these are all free, by the way, because they're so old, they couldn't sell them, and so they're all freeware. But I record everything with a program called WaveShop. And it's an old program that was discontinued. I don't think they've upgraded it for right around 10 or 11 years. And it's an old program that was designed with Windows XP. That'll tell you how old this program is. But just because the program is old doesn't mean that it's bad. WaveShop will give you audio with zero distortion. Whatever you record, nothing is going to be changed around in the digital world. And so you're going to have a real crisp, clean recording. You can't do very much else with the program but record. While this program was designed to have add-ons, finding the add-ons is almost impossible. And also, as far as editing, there is absolutely no better program than WaveShop for editing. Because instead of having a fancy screen and having a bunch of things you have to look through with your eyes that gives you eye strain, WaveShop is good old-fashioned black and white. And so it's so easy to clean up audio with WaveShop. And I do all of my production, my producing, in a program called Wavosaur. And Wavosaur has always been freeware, but it's an awesome product. And it has all sorts of plugins and extensions that you can add to this program to make it as big as you need it to be. I use both 32-bit and 64-bit to produce this program because some of the 64-bit add-ons, the plugins, are better than what are available with the 32. And also, there are plugins that are only 32-bit that will not work with my 64-bit that are better than the 64-bit. So I do certain things on the 64-bit version of Wavosaur and other things on the 32-bit version of Wavosaur. I know it sounds a little bit confusing, but it really isn't. I have a nice little program going. And I'm only into my third week of using these programs exclusively. I was using newer software that kept changing out from under me. That also I was having trouble getting really a good sound. I don't know whether there was just too many gadgets and gizmos and it was automatically doing some things. I don't know. But I do know that I can trust WaveShop and Wavosaur to get this show out. And so if you use Windows as your operating system, and you like to do some recording and also work with audio, check those two programs out. Now to get back to the real world of treachery and things that are just not right. Now, I mentioned several weeks ago that I got a letter from my doctor, and I'm going to go ahead and call my doctor. I was going to do that this week, and I just kept running out of time. And I'm going to acknowledge the letter and thank them for sending me the letter and tell them that I will consider scheduling an appointment at a future date. That way they don't just scratch me off the list in case I need them. But I find it very ironic that they sent me a registered letter trying to get me into their office. And I received a letter from some faithful listeners that I really appreciate. And they included a postcard from the VA. The VA hospital sent them a nice little postcard, which I just had to shake my head because these people have to now advertise to get people to come see them. You think maybe that people aren't really trusting doctors anymore? 
I think we're seeing that on steroids. And also those that sent the VA postcard that I'm going to read for you in a second here also sent a really nice card. It says, thanking of you. And I like it says, today is Tuesday. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks for thinking of me. I do appreciate that very much. This postcard states that we missed you. And on the back side, it says, your health is very important to us. And that was kind of the gist of the letter I got from my doctor, is your health is very important to us. I have to say that if indeed their patient's health is, is very important to them, then why do they push this COVID-19 death jab? I would like an answer to that one. But the writer of the letter went on to say that they were contacted back when COVID hit from the VA, stating that they'd done their service for their country, but they needed to do more service to their country by coming in and getting that death jab. And thankfully, the writer of the letter declined, and that's really good because you don't want to have this death jab. But there was something in this letter that really struck a nerve with me, and it's concerning older people. And when I'm saying older, I'm saying age 60 and above, is that they're really watching you. Is that when you get to be a little bit older, they start holding you to a higher standard, to where they can medically come in and declare you unfit, maybe mentally unstable, maybe physically unfit. So the listener suggested that if you're an older person, make sure you're always dressed well out in public and make sure you keep your yard up and your house up because the state can use any excuse to come in to take your property and try to institutionalize you. I'm not trying to scare you, but this apparently happened in Massachusetts. And I know that's a liberal state that they're very communistic there. And maybe that won't happen in flyover country as a rule. But I think it's an important thing that we have to understand. That these evil people say that you will own nothing and be happy. And if they can come and take your property away, well, that's owning nothing in a big way. So I would advise all of my older listeners to really keep an eye out for that kind of thing. And the reason it struck a nerve is that there is one thing that I know that happened to my dad back in the 1980s. And I heard this from a very reputable source that there's lists that the banks keep on their lenders. And once you get to a certain age, and at this time it was 50, that you went onto this list. They would look at how much you owed and your prospects of getting everything caught up. I'm talking about large agricultural loans is what I'm talking about here. But if you were over 50 and had no family member that was going to take over your ranch or your farm, you were automatically put on a list. They were really going to watch you close. And any cracks in the foundation of your business, they would try to help topple your business. And so you'd have to sell out. And so they could get paid in a lump sum and turn around and loan the money to a younger person to take over your property. And I know that was going on back then, and it probably still is today. And so that's why it struck a nerve. It's because that happened to my dad. And then also, speaking of lists, you do know that the doctors are keeping lists of people that are vaccinated and are not vaccinated. And they're giving each group either a code number or a code name. And so if you're unvaxxed, you're going onto a list, whether you like it or not. 
That's how evil things are getting. I really think we need to watch over our shoulders. Well, I said I was going to talk about World War III, and the remainder of the show, I'm going to talk about that. But I do want to thank you for the letters. I will get back to the letters in future programs. Just keep those letters coming. I appreciate it. Well, as I record this program, Russia has just went on what is our equivalent of a DEFCON 2, which would be one click away from actual nuclear war. Now, since they're officially on that high of an alert, I would imagine that the United States will follow suit. But it is unreal how many people have their head in the sand, and they have absolutely no idea how close we are to having everything being annihilated. But unfortunately, those who are awake, we can see it. And we know that the evil people want it to happen. We don't have anyone that is saying, no, we can't let this happen, we can't let this happen. Nobody in power is saying a word about that. It's just people drunk with power that have signed some sort of a pact with Satan or something. I don't know exactly what they think they're going to get out of this. But if these people actually go ahead and start a nuclear war, I think all of them need to meet their fate by we the people. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I don't think they want any we the people to be left standing. Apparently, a lot of these bigwigs have bunkers that they can go to. And there are already some of them going to those bunkers. So I have to ask, if you hear that there's been a nuclear exchange anywhere in the world, what are you going to do at that moment? Where are you going to go? Do you have a safe place that's safe from fallout? Now, if you're in the blast zone, you don't have to worry about anything. You won't know what hits you. But it's going to be the radiation plus the nuclear winter type conditions when the sun is blotted out. That's what we have to prepare for. But fortunately, I have a nice root cellar. And I've got it outfitted out really nice. And so I can go underground and and probably survive the nuclear fallout. Now, I have not bought my Geiger counter yet, and I really do need to buy one. And so I want to put in a little plug for anyone that truly thinks that the nuclear weapons are going to be used, and you think you're going to have to go underground to escape fallout. It probably would be a good investment to buy a simple Geiger counter. Nothing fancy, just something that'll tell you if it's safe or not to come out. Because what's the use of going underground for a couple of weeks to come out and not knowing that there's been more nuclear weapons used that you haven't heard about because an EMP has taken out all communication. And so the only communication you're going to have is your gut hunch. But if you have a Geiger counter and you can see if you have any radiation fallout coming in your area, well then you're going to be light years ahead. And you can step out of your shelter with confidence that you're not going to have any nuclear poisoning. You're not going to get radiated. And again, a lot of people might think that's crazy talk. But in my opinion, it's common sense. Because if you truly think you're going to go to a fallout shelter, and you want to have your fallout shelter to be outfitted out as best it can be, well, a Geiger counter is going to be probably your best investment you could possibly make. But if nothing happens, well, it still was an investment in peace of mind. Now, if we do have nuclear explosions, you know that there's going to be EMP attacks because I think an EMP attack is going to be the first thing that happens because it's going to knock out as much of our communication and our radar and 
all sorts of things that we use for defending our country is going to get knocked out. And the Russians are very good at jamming signals. The Russians are very good of shutting off what they want to shut off. And believe me, if they want to shut us off as far as communication, they can do it very easily. And even if we do have the technology to get things back going rather quickly, our bureaucracy is so bloated and there's so many people that are corrupt and incompetent that are in power that I think even the simplest tasks are not going to get done very easily. So therefore, you're going to have to rely on yourself for communication. And the best things that I've come up with in my mind is, first of all, ham radio. But you're going to have to have your equipment in a Faraday cage. So I advise all the ham operators to get a secondary unit they can put in a Faraday cage to where they can bring that out and use it if need be. But for all the rest of us, I think that we're going to have to rely on CB radios. And before you roll your eyes and say, oh, no, not CB radios, understand that if we get all of our communications knocked out, that's everything. That's cell phones, that's internet, that's radio, that's television, that's everything. And, of course, it'll also be the CB radios will be fried, too. So you'll have to have some CB radios in a Faraday cage. But the only way we're going to get information is going to be from one person to another. And so things are going to be relayed. And so if something happens on one of the coasts, through CB radio, things could go from coast to coast rather quickly. Not instantaneously, it might be several minutes. But if you have people that are tuned in and listening and will repeat what they just heard to where the next person farther down the line will hear, and they do the same thing, it's kind of like the Pony Express. And the Pony Express went from Missouri to California in three days on horseback. And so I would imagine with a CB radio, you're probably looking at a half hour to an hour at most before news could be pushed all around. And once the people that are using the CB radios got a system down to where they know who they can talk to, where they're at, and so forth, then it'll actually get better as time goes on. And also, you have this phenomenon called skip. that You can bounce the signal off the atmosphere. And so on a day that has a lot of skip, I can sit here in Nebraska and listen to people from Bahamas and Georgia and Florida. I've heard a lot from down there. And also, I've heard some from Vermont in that area up there. And there's a lot of people that really know how to use CB radios to work that skip pretty well. And you might be thinking, well, the average person doesn't have a CB radio. And you'd be right. Only the ones that want to be prepared are going to have CB radios. So if you're wondering if someone that is anti-American could be listening and send out false information on a CB radio, yes, they could. But the likeliness of it is very remote. Because most of the woke communistic people in this country have never even heard of a CB radio, let alone own one. And so I think it would be a great investment to get a CB radio and antenna and put all of that away in a Faraday cage. Now I've got several CB radios and I've been testing them and getting them ready to go. And do I think I'm going to have to use them? I think it's 50-50. If this World War III scare is nothing but a scare to try to deflect and distract us all from looking at this COVID-19 so-called vaccine, all the deaths. If that's all it is, 
then they're going to huff and puff and huff and puff and keep us distracted for as long as they can. Now, I'm convinced that that's a possibility of what's going on, but I'm more convinced that it's real and that it's going to happen. And I don't want to come at you with a spirit of fear, but I think you need to be prepared for the worst, because I think all it's going to take is one little spark, and you're going to go to bed one night and wake up in the morning and not recognize the planet you live on. Of course, that happens to me every time I go to town. I don't recognize the town anymore, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Our world as we knew it is gone. But we might look back at the good old days of 2023 with fondness if they do a nuclear exchange and put us into a world of hurt that we have no clue of how bad things could possibly get. I just pray that none of us has to go through waking up in the morning to finding that nuclear weapons are flying. But I do think you need to spiritually and mentally and physically prepare for that. Make sure you have enough food. Make sure the food is stored to where it won't get radiated. And so don't store your food anywhere where there's going to be any kind of wind or drafts. Make sure your pantry is totally sealed. I've heard people talk about, well, it'll only last a week or two, and then the fallout won't be near as dangerous, and we can all just live our lives again. To that, I have to say you have to be real. If you think that there's going to be just one bomb, and that's it, and then you're going to be able to wait for a week or so and come out and everything's going to be fine, I think that you're living in a dream world. Because if push comes to shove, one nuke flying is going to make thousands of nukes fly. You're going to have nukes flying from China. You're going to have nukes flying from Russia. You're going to have nukes flying from North Korea. Have nukes flying from Israel. You're going to have nukes flying from everywhere, from the UK. And of course, the largest number of nukes in the world are owned and controlled by Russia. And unfortunately, Russia has an awful lot of those missiles pointed towards you. And so we have illegitimate Joe, that senile old creep that occupies the White House, and all of his minions, all of his warmongers. We have them to thank for the world situation. They want war more than anything else. I don't quite understand it, but I really do believe that that's the case. But I think you need to really pay attention to World War III, the Canadian prepper, Hal Turner. You need to be listening to both of those because they are among the best as far as providing information that we're all going to need. And also, I'm going to ask for you to keep tuning into this show because I'll always pass on anything that I hear and I'll always try to be there to help you. And so there's one thing you can count on with me. I'm going to be steadfast in my mission of trying to help you and your family survive. That is the reason I'm broadcasting is because I want to help. I want you to be able to count on me and I want me to be able to deliver for you. And so that's my pledge to you, is I'm going to do everything in my power to help you as best I can. And one of the things that I'm happy to do is answer my emails. So if you want to contact me, send me an email to jim at offgridliving.faith, jim at offgridliving.faith, and I'm always just an email away. And so if you have any questions, if you have anything you want to discuss, shoot me an email. I'll be happy to answer it. Well, with that, I have to say we need to stay in prayer 
We need to stay really strong. There is no cavalry coming over the hill. It's up to you to look out for you. I'm going to do the best I can to look out for you, but I'm doing it right here. And so while I'm going to do my best to look out for you guys, I think the best thing I can do for you is to tell you that there's no help in sight. And so get self-sufficient. If you're not prepared, I'm going to have to ask, why? Get prepared now, before it's too late. It may be too late, because I don't know what's going to happen. I know that this next week is supposed to be a doozy. I've been hearing all sorts of rumors. Of course, that's one thing that they do in times of war, is spread all sorts of rumors. They try to make people doubt themselves and doubt their country and doubt the abilities of their leadership. But we don't need a war for me to doubt illegitimate Joe and all the people that are so-called leaders in Washington. I think all we have is a bunch of mafia-style criminals that are in Washington, and I think that that's spread into the state and even the local governments, especially the school boards. And so there's nobody that's going to come over the hill and help you. So you have to do what you can while you still have a chance so you can help you. And out of everything I've said in this show, I want you to understand that you have to watch out for you. And you're going to have to do a good job of it. Because I want all of my listeners to be happy, healthy, and safe. That's my goal. Well, I hope you got something from this show today. I always appreciate all of my listeners tuning in. And I do hate to come with bad news. I really do. But look at the world. There's not a lot of good news out there. But we have to take what good news we have and just treasure that. So again, thanks for tuning in. And if you would like to help this broadcast stay on the air, I would sure appreciate you considering a donation. And I take donations of any size. And you can send a check, money order, or cash. And you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. And you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska. Hershey, Nebraska. And the zip code is 69143. Again, thanks for listening. And until next time, keep your eyes wide open. Stay awake. Be vigilant. Stay strong. Keep your powder dry. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.